Humanoids, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for today, February 8th, 2021. And before we get into anything, and today is a a wide-eyed, varied show on all sorts of topics that I think you're going to enjoy. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. But before we do that, we have to do a little bit of housekeeping here. I've got to clean something up that happened on Thursday. Now, you know, on Friday, we did our panel show on spirituality and meaning amidst the chaos these days, which a lot of you guys enjoyed, and we're gonna keep doing those. But on Thursday, I was doing a regular direct message, and I began the show by saying, what's shaking Nazis? And a lot of you did find that funny. A lot of you did find that funny. What's shaking Nazis? I don't know that that's a phrase that's been said before. It seemed like a funny way to start the show. But then a few of you did say to me, well, wait a minute, Dave. It can't be that all of your audience is Nazis. Sure, there's Nazis everywhere, right? Nazis are in the government. Nazis are in the educational institutes. Nazis are across society. They're coming for everybody. But what are the chances that everybody who watches the Rubin Report is a Nazi? I mean, it it can't be. So what do we do? Well, you know, these days you've got to follow the science, right? You've got to go to where the data is, where the numbers are. That's the only way to make sense of anything. So we looked, we looked at the analytics. We opened up the files, okay, we went in, we had our math guy there, our accountant, the whole Rubin Report team, and we dug into the numbers to figure out who's watching this show, okay, because I don't wanna say what's shaking Nazis, the implication being you're all Nazis, if it's not the case. So we looked at the numbers, and I wanna update you uh, on what we figured out. So it turns out that only 60% of you watching right now are Nazis. 60%, that's it, if I would've just, Guest, I would have said around 85% Nazi, right? I do, I talk about free speech a lot, you know, free markets, capitalism, competition, law and order, individual rights. So I would have thought around 85% Nazi. Turns out 60% Nazi. So let's put that there. Uh, Then it turns out that another 20% of you are capitalist pigs. So 60% Nazi. Uh, 20% capitalist pigs, so that's about 80% of you right there. Then we've got 10% anarchists. Um, that, that didn't surprise me. These are the Mad Max, Fury Road kind of people, just want to disassemble the whole thing. I, I appreciate that, that gets us to 90%. Then 10% soy boy. I was surprised. I was, you know, I know that we've still got a couple, you know, progressive lefties that watch the show, did not realize that it would be 10%. And then of course, uh, 10% classical liberal, you know, I wrote a book defending classical liberalism. I, I believe that classical liberalism is the correct lens to view the world, at least at a political level, uh, to free the most people. Um, so that doesn't surprise me, that's 10%. Now, if you add up all of those percentages, we had 60% Nazi, 20% capitalist pig, 10% anarchist, 10% soy, 10% classical liberal, you may note that that comes to 110%. And that's true uh, because this is a big show. This is a big show here and we've got a lot of people watching and it's uh, very exciting. And speaking of big show, uh, don't forget guys, click that subscribe button, would ya? Because a lot of you are getting unsubscribed every time I say it, click it. Then people go, oh, wait a minute, I didn't realize. I thought I was subscribed and I'm not actually subscribed. So click it, make sure you're getting notified and all that good stuff. And as I said, we've got 
a great show for you today. And I wouldn't just say that the way like Conan O'Brien or uh, is he even on TV anymore? I'm not even sure. Or Col he's not, maybe he is, who knows. Or Colbert would say, oh, we've got a great show for you tonight. Here are three actors you don't care about to lecture. What a racist Nazi pig you are. Uh, I'm not saying it that way. I'm saying we've got a really great show for you today. And before we get to it, people, do you know what I want to talk to you about? That's right. It's not Bill Barr. It's Built Barr. Emphasis on the T. It's February, people, and if you're looking forward to Valentine's Day but not sure how to stay away from the candy, I've got just the solution for you. Built Bar is the secret, I'll hold two of them at one time, to eating healthier food while also eating tastier food. Am I holding them up properly? No, here we go, let's do it this way. Uh, Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. I can actually lose or maintain weight while indulging in a yummy treat. Healthy has never been this delicious. Built Bars taste like candy and they come in 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie and peanut butter. Uh, Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, include both nut and nut-free flavors and are soft and easy to chew. And I know with restaurants opening up, it'll be tempting to indulge, but we also need to shed those additional, additional quarantine pounds, which is why Built Bars are the perfect alternative for the health conscious guy. Each bar contains 110 to 160 calories, 16 to 20 grams of protein, three to five net carbs. It's only February, guys. Don't give up on your New Year's resolution just yet. Built Bar is the answer. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Ruben to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Ruben to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And now back to me. All right, so I'm, I'm psyched to do this first story because if you want something, I thought we could lead the show today with just how stupid is everything and why it is that we should not be paying attention to the people that are making everything so stupid. This is the perfect story to illustrate that just that. Uh, there was video that went viral over the last couple days of Ibram X. Kendi. Now, this is one of the guys who's been the main drivers of sort of pushing all of this woke intersectionality stuff on us, this critical race theory stuff, this idea that America is evil and racist, and that it's not that you just have to be not racist, you have to be actively anti-racist, and you're not gonna believe this, guys, that usually turns out to you being racist. Uh, he's written many books on racism. Can we throw up some of the books right there? Uh, let's get some of the titles of some of the books that he's written. The one he's really known for right now is How to Be an Anti-Racist. And in effect, that means you should be a modern racist. He also wrote Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You. He wrote Stamped from the beginning, the history, the definitive history of racist ideas in America. He wrote a children's book called Anti-Racist Baby. And he also wrote a book called The Black Campus Movement. These are all interesting books that uh, every correspondent on MSNBC has behind them in their fancy bookshelf. Uh, but the reason I mention him, uh, because obviously I talk a lot about these issues, one of the key parts of how leftism has become so crazy is the idea of intersectionality. The idea that you would take all of these supposed oppressed groups, so you would take black people, and trans people, and gay people, and people with a limp, and people with a lazy eye, and fat people, and you would take all of these people, and you could sort of combine them into one stronger thing. You may remember the Constructicons, they were Decepticons in the Transformers, they were trucks that could combine into Devastator, and then they were stronger as Devastator. Or Voltron might be a reference that would work for you, a similar idea as the Constructicons. That's sort of what they think intersectionality is. We will take all of you sort of small groups of oppressed people, we will combine you into one huge thing. And what that would mean is 
that of course, that your oppressions then would all be sort of stronger together. But of course, it doesn't work. And not only does it not work, it puts people in this hierarchy that we've talked about, as my friend Faisal Al-Mutar calls the oppression Olympics, where you have to figure out whose oppression is more than anyone else's oppression. So black people are oppressed this much, Muslims this much, this much, and of course, white Christian people, especially heterosexual white Christians, the most evil of all people, they're always on the bottom of this thing. Anyway, why do I mention all of this? Well, this video went viral over the weekend. This is Ibram X. Kendi, the man who wants you to be anti-racist and woke and progressive and intersectional, talking about his son and trans issues. Let's take a look. You know, obviously talking about race, even talking about gender. You know, I, I think it was last week, my daughter came home and said she wanted to be a boy, you know, which was horrifying. Uh, for my wife to hear, myself to hear. And so of course, uh, you know, we're like, okay, what affirmative messages about girlhood, you know, can we be teaching her to protect her from whatever she's hearing in our home or even outside of our home that would make her want to be a boy? Um, and I suspect it's the same thing with, you know, ki kids of color in which they're regularly hearing these messages that may, may, may want them to want to be white. Um, or even white children who are like, I'm happy I'm white, <laughs> right? You know, what affirmative messages are, are we teaching them to, to break down those ideas? All right, so let's just be very clear here, like without equivocation, that guy is a total fraud. The entire concept of woke intersectionality is totally fraudulent and, and based basically in a bunch of people who don't believe the bile that they're constantly spewing. They don't even believe it enough to, put it in their own homes. He says that when his daughter came home saying she wanted to be a boy, that it was horrifying. It was horrifying for him and his wife. Why would she, quote, want to be a boy? Now that's a very odd thing. I thought these movements are together, right? Black trans lives matter. Guess what? I believe black trans lives matter. I believe all lives matter. I believe police lives matter. I believe white people's lives matter. I know controversial stuff, but what this guy is saying is he was horrified that his own daughter might be trans. Now, where is the mob? I am fairly certain that if someone on the right, if Tucker Carlson, let's say that this uh, Ibram Kendi is a, is a thought leader on the left, he is, right? This is the stuff that is being peddled constantly all over the left. Okay, this is mainstream acceptance. Uh, so he's a thought leader on the left and he just said he would be horrified that, or is horrified in effect, that his daughter came home wanting to be a boy, which is a sort of offensive uh, definition of what trans means, that they just decided that they would suddenly be a boy. I thought that was offensive, but okay, let's put that aside. Now let's pretend Tucker Carlson. You know Tucker Carlson? He's got this little show on Fox. It's actually the highest rated cable news show in, in all of television history. Imagine if Tucker Carlson went on air tonight and said that his daughter came home and wanted to be a boy and that he and his wife were horrified. Do you think there'd be calls for boycotts? Do you think they'd try to cancel Tucker and possibly this would be the one that would actually break him? Do you guys see the level of hypocrisy and nonsense? I. Actually, I agree in a certain sense with Ibram in that if 
your child came home and said they, they wanted to be a different gender than they are or, or they felt that they were a different gender than they are, then you've got some serious stuff to work out. Maybe you would find out that they were trans, perhaps. But if this is a young child, I think his child's like five or six years old, if I'm not mistaken, um, there's a lot of time that you have to play with there. But even, even saying that, that you don't allow, I'm sorry, that his daughter is five or six years old, um, even if you don't allow uh, you know, children to immediately say, oh, I'm trans, and then immediately start getting therapy, they'll now call you a, a bigot, right? We all know this. I did, uh, I did an interview with Abigail Schreier, who wrote a book all about this, about young girls transitioning very young. Anyway, the point of this is that the people who are pushing this nonsense, they don't believe it themselves. The people who push intersectionality don't believe it. And the people who push can cancel culture, it's not because they wanna cancel people across the board who have bad ideas, it's because they wanna cancel other people. You know damn well, like you just know it in your bones. If Tucker Carlson said this, if Ben Shapiro said this, if Dave Rubin said this, there would be calls to get them booted off YouTube, have Fox News canceled, take out the Daily Wire sponsors, whatever it might be. But here's a good lefty who's obviously, by their definition, he's a transphobe. He has a, a phobia is an irrational fear. It seems to me that uh, he has an irrational fear of trans people. His daughter came home and said she wanted to be a boy and he said it was horrifying. That seems like an irrational fear if we are supposed to believe that trans people are wonderful and great and everything else. And again, I believe they should live whatever life they wanna live, but by his own logic, by the logic of the left, by the rules that they demand you play by while, you, uh, while they don't play by them themselves, well then here we are. So that person should not be, I'm not calling for his cancellation. People can still buy his books. He's not going away, that's okay. But we should understand that he's a fraud and that the idea of intersectionality is completely fraudulent as well. I think you got the point there. Did you get the point there? I think you got the point. Uh, let's talk about ExpressVPN for just a moment. You know, ever since the new year, I've been talking about ExpressVPN on my show. I'm doing it right now. Why haven't you got VPN yet, guys? Maybe you thought, hey, this is America and we have free speech and privacy laws. And so you hesitated. Perhaps you believe that Trump and Congress wouldn't allow big tech to censor and spy on you, so you didn't act. Well, ladles and jelly spoons, people love when I say that. I'll tell you this, with the new administration and cancel culture raging out of control, there's never been a more important time to protect your digital rights. That's why so many patriotic listeners are choosing to secure their online data by using ExpressVPN, I use it myself. Do, do you believe that a VPN isn't for you because you can use the internet just fine without one? Well, sadly, that's just no longer true with the recent actions taken by big tech to control our digital lives. Are you confused about how it works? ExpressVPN is an app for computers and smartphones that encrypts your network data and reroutes it through a secure server. That means that you can use the internet more anonymously without having your activity tracked. Do you think that VPNs are complex and only for tech experts? Take it from me, they're not. With ExpressVPN, you launch the app and literally tap one button and you protect yourself, that's it. It's time to trust ExpressVPN to protect your online data because they're rated number one and they stand for your values. Now's the time for you to take a stance. Take back your privacy to expressvpn.com slash Ruben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ruben to get three months free expressvpn.com slash Ruben right now. And now back to me. All right. Well, I should say before we do this story that I could be canceled, right? This could be the one. This, If the stream goes down in the middle of this one, uh, it's very possible. 
And it was nice knowing all of you and you should uh, join me at rubenreport.locals.com because obviously I'm gonna be booted off all of this stuff at some point and that at least I own it and I can communicate directly with you guys. Um, but this is actually a completely insane story. I, I know that I say a lot of things are bananas. I know I've brought bananas back into the vernacular, right? Um, but this one is truly, truly bananas. So Time Magazine, which used to be a pretty reputable place of journalism, and it's actually not all terrible, uh, they released an article in the last couple of days called The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. Now let's just, let me just repeat that title there, because as you know, YouTube has said we're not allowed to talk about uh, election insecurity, we're not allowed to talk about conspiracy things related to all of this, and if we are to talk about any of those things, our channel could, we could get a strike, which basically means you can't live stream, and they could just, they could just delete your channel. And it is only by the grace of these good people that any of us are here. But we've been told we can't talk about this stuff, and then Time Magazine, which is a mainstream, I suppose, a reputable source, they wrote a piece again called The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. Orwell would be proud of that title himself. Uh, so I wanna read you some of the quotes from this. This is actually remarkable what they're saying here. And again, I just wanna say these, these conspiracy theories I'm about to read are from Time Magazine and that Dave Rubin is but a humble servant who is just reading words from something else so please, Susan Wojcicki and YouTube overlords, don't delete me. I'm just reading word for word what they said in Time Magazine, and you guys will make some decisions on your own. This is what they say. This is the inside story of the conspiracy to save the 2020 election based on access to the group's inner workings, never before seen documents, and interviews with dozens of those involved from across the political spectrum. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the, coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse, little-noticed joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the AFL-CIO published on election day. Uh, both sides would come to see it as a sort of implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive racial justice protests in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. Come back to me for one second here. I'm, I'm gonna read a little bit more, but, are, but are, you, are you getting this so far? The forces of business came together with the forces of left-wing activist groups to protect our democracy, I don't wanna to editorialize too much. Again, I, I love you, YouTube. Thank you for letting me be here. You're wonderful people, all of you. Um, but I'm just reading what they say here and I just wanted to give you a little context. Let, let's continue though. The scenario, the shadow campaigners, shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. It was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all. A failure of the central act of democratic self-governance that has been a hallmark of America since its founding. I will editorialize for a moment. Yes, yes, they didn't, it wasn't that they wanted to stop Trump. They just wanted to make sure that the election would be okay. You get it? That was it. These, these are completely nonpartisan left-wing activists and business leaders. They, but they just wanna make sure you get the truth. Okay, let's continue. Their work touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems, what? And laws, 
and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers, and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. They executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over days or weeks, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victory from getting more traction. After election day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the result. Well, you know, I don't really have anything to say about all that. That's Time Magazine telling you that a secret cabal of people got together with left-wing activists and big business groups and the AFL-CIO, and uh, they did what's best for you. And uh, if you don't believe that they did what's best for you, you're uh, suffering from misinformation, and you should probably uh, check into your local reprogramming center or your local gulag. Generally, you do the reprogramming center first, and if it doesn't take, you go to the gulag. But if you wanna go straight to the gulag, I'm sure that can be arranged as well. Um, again, I have uh, nothing to add to that. Um, that's an article in Time Magazine, and it's a wonderful place of journalism. And in essence, they're saying that a secret cabal of people uh, did everything they can to uh, protect the election and get the result that they wanted. Um, but it wasn't because they certainly wanted a particular person to win, it's just because they're really great people who are defending America. And we should all accept that. And I do, because, you know, guys gotta guys got make a living, you know? So, uh, okay, uh, good talk, everybody. Uh, let me talk to you about uh, Gabby Insurance, everybody. We're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially now. So let me ask you this. How'd you like to keep an extra 900 bucks, $961 actually, in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account and in minutes you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. It's fast and it's easy and Gabby can show you if you've been overpaying. I discovered great deals as well as new insurance companies and was quickly able to compare the top five rates by seeing them listed in order, which made navigating through the plan super easy. Like I mentioned earlier, Gabby, customers save $961 on average. I bet that'd be pretty decent to have in your pocket right now. If they can't find you savings, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing that you have the best rate out there and they never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. You're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash Ruben. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash Ruben. G-A-B-I, Gabby.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so I'm, I'm super psyched actually to do this, this next little segment and I'm gonna do a lot more of these, whether you like it or not, because well, not because whether you like it or not, I know you're gonna like it, and that's why I'm gonna do more of them. I've already committed to my people doing one of them every day this week, uh, because I think something interesting is brewing here. So, as you guys know, I don't really watch sports anymore. I, I love sports, particularly I love basketball. I haven't watched the NBA in about a season and a half. I just don't need to be watching a bunch of millionaires lecture me about things and see Black Lives Matter on the court, and I, I just don't care about it anymore. I watch old basketball games on YouTube. I watch old comedies on YouTube. I, I don't really, there's very little that's out on Netflix right now. I feel like I've seen everything. I watch Seinfeld. I watch like a lot of old stuff. And I think in many ways that keeps me connected to the world that used to exist. And a lot of the stuff right now 
It's like, I just don't feel like giving these people my money or attention or anything else. Anyway, uh, though I did watch the Super Bowl yesterday and I pretty much muted it during all the depressing commercials because it was like, they're, they're basically just telling you how to live your life. It's like, are you selling me a car? Are you selling me a Dorito? Or are you telling me how to live? Well, actually the Dorito commercial was fine, but like, you know, and you get it. It's like every commercial, oh, everything's horrible. It's like, okay, can, can, do you make a product? Maybe I'll buy it. Um, anyway, when I'm doing cardio, I usually watch old basketball games, but some of the other things that I've been doing, I've been watching just sort of 60s and 70s and 80s sometimes talk shows, uh, sometimes with political leaders, just to kind of remember what things used to be like. And I happened to come across this clip. It's about 18 minutes in total. We're just gonna show you about a minute and a half right now, but then for the rest of the week, I'm gonna show you more clips from it. Uh, this is uh, Ronald Reagan, who at the time had just ended being governor, the Republican governor, my, he was really a moderate Republican governor of California. This is 1975, he's on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and this is a sort of sidebar, but if you wanna just see the difference between the late night shows of today versus the brilliant, exquisite, elegant, professional that Johnny Carson was, well, you'll see it in just a second, and just notice the difference in tone and tenor and everything else. But anyway, Ronald Reagan is obviously a conservative, he is obviously a Republican, he's obviously on the right, as I said, he was the Republican governor of California. This is 1975 before he had officially decided to run for president. Uh, and then he obviously became president in 1980 after Jimmy Carter for four years. And then he was president for eight years. But there was so much in this video that he says that is true today. And when you realize that things were true in 1975 that were true today, and guess what? There were truths in 1975 that were true in 1960 and everything else. I just thought it was a great, way of linking a little bit of the past to the present. And the point is that things that are eternally true, they're true no matter what year it is. So this is Ronald Reagan on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show talking about the role of government back in 1975. Well, uh, Johnny, I think that one of the things is that people keep looking to government for the answer and government's the problem. You. A moment ago, you, you asked, you know, about people and feeling not only confused, but right. low and, and down in America. First of all, the American people, if they would just take a little inventory and look around, you triple our troubles and we're better off than any other people on earth. And we've asked so much of government and we've gotten in the habit over the last 40 years of thinking that government has the answers. There's very little that government can do as efficiently and as economically as the people can do themselves. And if government would shut the doors and sneak away for about three weeks, we'd never miss them. Okay, I would like to announce that I will be running a GoFundMe and what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna crowdsource a whole bunch of money and then I would like to reanimate the corpse of Ronald Reagan. That's the guy that we need as president of the United States. Those are the ideas we need. And it's not just, of course, what he's talking about, about the government has gotten too big and that there's nothing the government can do that people can't do better on, them, on their own. It's that he has a mastery of the ideas, the pleasant way that he speaks. Actually, as, as I said, we're gonna do uh, three more clips of this this week and maybe I'll keep doing this, I, this, this concept. Maybe will be a further segment as we go along with the show. Um, but the pleasant demeanor, uh, the humor that he brings in much of it, 
um, the understanding of the proper issues and having like a, an actual philosophy that we understand as opposed to all, virtually all of the politicians right now that you don't know what their guiding philosophy is. Like there are a couple that I do sense I know what their guiding philosophy is. Uh, Ted Cruz, I would say I have a basic sense of what his guiding philosophy is. Rand Paul, I would say I have a guiding sense of what his philosophy is. Um, but the rest, and, and for the most of the lefties right now, it's just, oh, power, what else can government do? Again, even, even this morning, uh, Ilhan Omar, the, the wonderful uh, congresswoman out of Minnesota, uh, she tweeted about that we should have $15 minimum wage. And it's like, well, what is the principle? What is the economic principle, the philosophic principle, other than you just wanna do something and force the government to force private people to do something? And why not $20 instead of 15, you bigot? Like, why not, why not? It's, it's because they don't have principles, they just have the, oh, we can just do things, it doesn't matter what economics says or what philosophy says or anything else. So I just thought that clip right there, it's just one of several clips that we're gonna show you guys. And maybe, yeah, maybe we will do more of this sort of thing, of listening to people of the past, because maybe that can help us uh, frame things in the future. And uh, boy, if you would have ever told me 10 years ago that that would be the type of clip from Ronald Reagan that I would be playing and saying, yeah, that, that's the truth, that's right. I'd, I guess I'd be shocked, but here we are. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, join us on Locals, Ruben Report. .locals.com where I can communicate with you guys directly without the interference of big tech. And again, I just want to say thank you to our friends at YouTube who allow us to read articles from Time Magazine who, uh, these are obviously good people who are telling us the truth about securing the election and the cabal of people who did that. So thank you to the cabal, <laughs> thank you to Time Magazine, and thank you to YouTube, great people. Oh, and, just this morning, we put up uh, part one of my interview with Ayan Hersiali. You guys all, I hope you all know Ayan Hersiali, the incredible human rights activist uh, who I've interviewed several times before, who's become a good friend of mine, who has just the most magnificent, uh, incredible story of like the human spirit growing up in Somalia, uh, moving eventually to Belgium and then to Holland and now to the United States. and fighting for women's rights and fighting for freedom and equality and classical liberalism. Uh, and you're not gonna believe who, who hates her these days. Yeah, you know, it's the tolerant people on the left. Anyway, she's got a new book out called Pray and we talk about that and lockdowns and, and much more. And she's just, just an absolute angel. Uh, so do check that out. And of course the full episode is already up at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, that's it for me, people. I'm on a couple Fox shows today, later today, or, or I'm on one today, but we're taping something in advance. Anyway, keep, keep an eye out if you're not sick of me yet. And uh, have a great day. And by the way, if I got any of the numbers wrong at the top of the show about the 60% Nazis and the 10% the anarchists and all that, we'll, we'll dive into those numbers. We'll have the data scientists uh, dive in even more and we'll figure out what's what tomorrow. Oh, and yes, it is uh, Fox News primetime. That's what I'm on a little bit later today. Okay, guys, have a great day.